Welcome to Flipped, the Irish animation podcast. Hi, I'm Megan. Hi, I'm Aidan. Welcome to episode eight of Flipped, the Irish animation podcast. Just wanted to say, as usual, thank you so much to everybody who has retweeted or shared on Facebook. Um, we we always appreciate it and um, thank you. Yes, and yeah, and keep doing it. Thank you. Uh, this interview uh, is uh, with Tom Moore, who is the co-founder and creative director of uh, the Kilkenny-based studio, Cartoon Saloon. Uh, he's had loads of jobs in the studio. He's worked as an animator, story artist, comic artist, art director and director on various projects. And he wrote and directed the feature film Secret of Kells, which went on to get an Academy Award nomination in 2010. He is currently producing his second feature, Song of the Sea, which looks incredible from mm. what we've seen at Annecy. Yeah, so this, uh, yeah, exactly. This uh, interview was recorded at Annecy. Um, in a restaurant and we're joined halfway through by Ross Murray uh, who is managing director of Cartoon Saloon and is also a producer of Song in the Sea so um, without further ado here's the interview So uh, I am here in the Munich restaurant in Annecy uh, in France for the festival and I'm delighted to be joined by Mr Tom Moore Hooray Hello Hello. (laughs) Uh, Thanks a million Tom for doing this really appreciate it Delighted to Uh, so that started the start then. So you went to Ballyfermot mm-hmm. to study animation. Before Ballyfermot, I was in uh, Young Irish Filmmakers in Kilkenny. Mm. And uh, that was something I joined when I was about 14. And that's when I first kind of got any kind of experience I had. It was mainly, to be honest with you, the best thing about filmmakers was meeting other people that were interested in the same kind of thing. Yeah. And um, Ross Stewart, who was the art director on Secret of Kells, and Aidan Hart, who created Skunk Fu, and originally had been on the first incarnation of, of Secret of Kells, co-directing it with me. We're also in Young Irish Filmmakers. Met my wife there, you know. <laughs> so a lot of uh, stuff goes back to filmmakers. And then okay. the natural progression was from filmmakers to Ballyfermot. I was in... Uh, Kieran's College in Kilkenny and the art teacher was just talking to us about different options and stuff and I remember having seen on the news and stuff that Valley Firm was there and it was connected to the Blue Studio when I was a much younger kid I remember noticing that the Blue Studio existed in Dublin so Valley Firm was kind of the place but I went into a little bit of a before I went to Valley Firm I had applied to a lot of other art colleges and I'd been accepted into other art colleges with a view to getting into comics because at a certain point myself and Ross uh, when we were in Young Irish Filmmakers went up to visit the Don Bluth studio and we were a bit disillusioned by it in some ways because it was impressive but it was so impressive and it seemed so industrial animation as a process and a lot of the people working there kind of gave us the impression that they were small cogs in a you know in a big machine and we were had such big egos that we thought (laughs) we'd be be happier in in comics you know yeah and so I kind of took a diversion and I ended up sort of wandering my way back around to Ballyfermot and uh, when I was in Ballyfermot I remember I started off doing a mixed media course and then I swapped out and I saw I just got the bug again and I I mean I was still really involved in filmmakers and I just walked around the part of the classical animation part and I wanted to swap over and thankfully I was allowed to swap over out of the course I was in because I sort of had this idea that kind of half half thinking I'd go into animation but thinking maybe I'd do illustration or comics or something first so that's what I ended up doing. Very good. Um, well, yeah, I think we're all glad that you did anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes I think back and say, what would have happened if I stuck 
going down the comics route or whatever like that. But I was able to do a little bit of comics this way. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you enjoyed that then when you found it that suited you then when you ended up there in the classical animation. Yeah, the funny thing, uh, yeah, you're about 17 or 18 and you meet loads of other people that are just as like passionate and nerdy or whatever yeah. about kind of like, <laughs> And people who were more nerdy, you know, people who knew who like Glenn Keane was and all, uh, and I felt a bit stupid. I didn't know as much as I thought I thought I did. And so, yeah, and then you get into that. I was really, really lucky. My year was full of talent. Like, um, I... I ended up in a year after I repeated second year and I ended up in a year with um, and in my first class with Nora Toomey who's one of the people met Paul Young met Barry Reynolds uh, Jeremy Hickey or Jeremy Purcell Jeremy oh, yeah. Hickey's a musician friend of mine Jeremy Purcell uh, loads of people I'm still working with Fabian Tom Caulfield Fabian Erlinghauser so loads of people that I met in Ballyfermot um, and as well as, as Aidan and Ross and stuff yeah. so I was just kind of in a good group you know yeah. Chris yeah. Dicker was there so many people, yeah. Wow, yeah, that was a great year because even in the interview with Andrew, I was talking to him and he was reading off all the names and it was sort of all the heads of all the studios. And yeah, and it seems to be that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm probably forgetting other people, but we were conscious of the fact that, like, you know, uh, Brown Bag was getting kicking off, and you know, there was stuff, a little bit of. It was kind of a bit bleak in some ways, in yeah. the sense that Bluth was obviously winding down yeah. and it was basically gone by the time we graduated. Yeah, but there was also little tiny shoots of growth with uh, brown bag and monster in different places setting up you know so is that where so did you set up cartoon saloon straight out of college or did you try and go in college work? no in, in college, college yeah because i part of the reason i repeated second year was i had my son while i was in college right and uh that's a great motivator <laughs> when you're 18 and you suddenly find yourself you know and uh and so um, I started doing bits and pieces of, of freelance work to oh. you know, just support ourselves. Yeah, and, uh, my wife was also, she was an NCAD at the time. And so, you know, I was doing bits and pieces. And then Paul, Paul Young was doing bits and pieces and we teamed up and uh, made Cartoon Saloon basically out of his rented house, and, you know, his bedroom, <laughs> you know, that was the start of Cartoon Saloon. Great to love. Excellent. So what, yeah, so what was then the first Cartoon Saloon <sighs> production? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I suppose okay, the yeah. first. I mean, the first stuff. I suppose we did was we did bits and pieces for CD-ROMs at the time, and yep. we did bits and pieces for uh, educational uh, illustrations. For you know, it was just bits and pieces we were pulling together. But Aiden and myself had been developing um, what was what was to become the Secret of Kells, and we'd been roping in all the talented people like Nora and, and, and Ross Stewart and Barry and uh, Jeremy and everyone, roping them all in to help us develop it while we were in our final year at Ballyfermot. Yeah. Uh, that was the thing that kind of bound us together and even in our final year in college we were all doing our, our end of year films and uh, and uh, we were kind of developing what was going to eventually become Secret of Kells Fantastic. meeting up in Nora's flat or Aiden's flat <laughs> it's funny yeah brilliant and so I'm sure we'll we'll talk about Kells in a minute but in terms of other projects then from Cartoon Saloon before that you must have, you must well, have done well, frameworks and things well you? see what happened was we, I don't know how much in depth to get into, but basically what happened was we were totally naive, had no idea how hard it would be to make a feature, and even though we had a lot of support from young Irish filmmakers who kind of welcomed us back after we finished Body Ferment and gave us space and all like that. Very good. Um, it was just it's just a long road. To even just convince people that you can <laughs> you can make a feature, that you could do it, and we were you know ambitious 22, 23 year olds. You know? Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, the, the great thing that came out of it was we did a, we did a bit of work um, on uh, for other people for Terraglyph we did a bit of service work okay. we were doing uh, e-cards it was the whole thing in 1999-2000 it was yep. the first internet boom we were doing e-cards we were just doing whatever service work TV commercials we got into a little bit doing bits and pieces just to keep the lights on and keep the dream alive I was yeah. always kind of watching the Dick Williams documentary that I found on a 
on a VHS tape and Bally Furman about how he did commercials and made the teeth in the back room. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah, that was yeah. sort of the thing that was fueling us. Okay. And in the meantime, Nora actually had developed uh, From Darkness and um, and got Frameworks funding for it. Um, and that was our first cartoon saloon Frameworks. We'd, we'd helped other people with their Frameworks before that, but it wasn't our. We were just helping out with animation and all. So that was in 2001 or 2002, I think. Okay. And we made and that was really great because it was, a, you yeah, know, Nora's made a basically... Uh, mini feature film with yeah. that and it was lovely and it was I got to animate on it and did a little bit of character design and stuff okay. and it was a real buzz because we all came to Annecy that year uh-huh. when it was on in competition here in Annecy and it was a great great vibe and you know it was kind of um, coming to Annecy and kind of opened up our eyes to the whole world of animation beyond yeah. just sort of what we knew about from books and the start of the internet so it was great fantastic actually yeah seeing as we're here we might as well talk a little bit about Annecy so because I remember you saying before that you do come here every year and you kind of think that's important well what happened what happened was um, Jerry Sheeran was running Terraglyph at the time he's yeah. now working with us he's our new MD in Cartoon oh, Saloon okay. but uh, very early on we went up to meet Jerry and Russell who were running Terraglyph and we were just saying like this is what we're doing you know advice whatever and uh, they were really sound and Jerry basically said go to everything you know, there's Cartoon Forum there's Cartoon Movie there's Annecy yep. be at all of those go to MIPCON be at all of those he said keep showing up you know because then people kind of know that you're sticking around because you know people pop up and disappear all okay, the time yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's what we started doing and we sort of made it our business to, to keep coming so it was great the first Annecy we came to at least that I went to anyway was Norris Villain was shown it was in competition it was yeah. great and then uh, you know every year one of us will always represent usually yeah. Paul Paul Hollywood Young uh, sort of <laughs> quickly fell into the role um, of, of the producer yeah. you know and yeah, he, yeah. he generally represents the studio at, at whatever we can go to and uh, and it's been good for the business because you make contacts and because a lot of our success has been based on co-production yes uh, we met a lot of partners at the festivals and markets and stuff like that so that's really yeah. excellent and it's not a bad place is it to, to stay for a think week think about Annecy you know I remember coming here the first time and uh, uh, thinking Jesus why are we all going inside to watch cartoons <laughs> like, about it we're all going in to sit in the dark again like and this is the closest thing to the sun holiday I've <laughs> ever been on but uh, we, Annecy is just a beautiful spot and what is amazing is you can't walk down the street without meeting someone else yeah. who's in animation yeah, yeah, fantastic yeah. that's great isn't it so, yeah. and I mean it's been an amazing journey for me even just with Annecy because um, I wasn't able they asked me to be on the jury last year and I wasn't able to do it because I was busy with Song of the Sea but uh, we had the Irish focus last yep. year and the year before that I'd been on the selection committee so I sort of went from sort of just being in awe of Annecy and overwhelmed by it to seeing a little bit behind the curtain and yeah. I, I, to be honest with you the more I see about the festival the more impressed I am it's just a massive event you know yeah, it's not it's like huge, yeah. it's not like it gets any less impressive it's just, <laughs> and you know people don't understand like I remember we won the audience award for Secret Kells and I was up on the stage and David O'Reilly is another guy from Kenny, who was in Young Irish Filmmakers, a good bit younger than me, we also had won an award that year. And I remember texting my mum saying, Oh, I won an Annecy Crystal. Oh, David O'Reilly won a Crystal as well. I'm sure my mum imagined Annecy is this oh, tiny little thing. Yeah, <laughs> tiny little thing. But as soon as we're there on stage with like, you know, thousands of people, yeah. it was an amazing experience. And so that's the kind of thing. Annecy is almost like a little secret in Ireland. People don't realise. It's only the last couple of years the Irish Film Award have started coming and stuff like that. Okay, so yeah. It's brilliant, you know, that there's Annecy starting to be recognised. It really is the can of animation. Yeah, you know, I think so. so. Great. So before we start talking about Secret Kells, just you as a director then, you made a couple of like, uh, was it short shorts? I made experiments I would say, I, I, I always sort of try and bury them a little bit, sorry, right, okay. because I think, um, I think I really, as a director, I think I learned a lot from Nora, okay. I learned a lot from Aidan as well, he was very ambitious as a director, Nora, I realised she really was a director, and I realised that I had a lot to learn by doing those shorts, and uh, I sort of 
maybe they're the college when I see college films I sort of see them maybe they were my first college films you know because right, I think right, in right. Ballyfermot I was still doing kind of line tests line or tests. little animation yeah. pieces when my end of year film for Ballyfermot I was developing Secret of Kells it was so yeah. ambitious that my end of year film was just like a little piece you know like a little character piece so those short films I was doing a lot of the time they came out of commercials we were directing commercials and uh, if you didn't get the pitch and you'd done these designs and you really liked them <laughs> you'd try and make a short film out of them some of them came from that so yeah, I did those, but I don't think any of them were terribly successful. They were all I learned different things from each of them. Yeah. I remember the first one, the dress rehearsal, yes. was an Irish flash. That won some award, and that was a big boost. You know that yeah. we won an award, a U, yeah. UIP award or whatever it was at the time, and uh, that was cool. You know, yeah. and it was kind of a boost. But it was really Nora's films, and seeing Nora directing her short narrative films, Cooling Dulock and From Darkness and stuff, yes. that really showed me okay, that's directing, and you know, and, and I learned a lot from that. You know. So then. Again, before we start, maybe we should just talk a little bit about. You were saying how you wanted to be a comic artist, so you have yeah. got a chance to do, I guess, are graphic novels. Is two that you've done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, yeah, the, the, it's it's like the word cartoon and, and uh, graphic novel and comic. I don't know. I'm not a snob about but I, for comics. Yeah, uh, I did two. Yeah, and again, I did them with, with uh, Coleman O'Reilly, uh, who was publishing uh, in Irish, and uh, he got in touch with the studio really early on. Again, we were trying to just get work anyway we yes, could, and we yeah. sent out flyers all around every publisher that we could find a list of you know yeah. Coleman got back to us with the stuff with the O'Brien Press and I jumped at the chance to do something with Coleman because he had such ambitions you know he wanted mm. to do stuff at a high level and having been in Annecy and in France and having seen the Bondesine yeah, exactly. kind of tradition yeah, yeah. I wanted to do Pretty something big. like that you know so we tried to do that I did that on Schlobby for like, a long time ago now I did on Schlobby and then I did Chakra after that which yeah. was a great experience yeah I think they both look great yeah I still wanted to sort of I mean they were Coleman again I have to say those were Coleman stories you know yeah. I, I was an illustrator I was a yeah. comic book artist fair enough but I, they weren't my own stories you know so I still haven't scratched that itch completely to make my own <laughs> comics own but it was nice to get something in that form published you know yeah. and Coleman had a very clear agenda he really wanted to make something that had a, that you know action packed feeling you know so yeah. it was a good challenge to try and replicate that feeling I was trying to blend the superhero comics I liked and uh, and uh, Coleman particularly wanted to emulate and uh, kind of Bondesine stuff yes. and uh, yeah Coleman was all up for it and he's had some success you know he's done a few more comics uh, in that thing one with Paul one with Barry and yeah fantastic and uh, then I suppose the other thing that does strike you about those is apart from they look amazing but they are written in Irish and it's a yeah. cartoon saloon has always had a sort of a relationship yeah. with Irish more so than other studios anyway. yeah it's funny isn't it yeah and I mean like my son goes to a Gale school and, and that, but I'm not we're not fluent Gale Gores or anything like that I mean of us all I think Ross Stewart is the most sort of uh, immersed in all that he's a trad musician and, right, you know, okay. part time and stuff like that yeah. so I think he's had an influence but I think it's been important to us as well as sort of a, finding our own identity internationally yeah. yes. and uh, this, yeah. I've definitely always been really interested in, in Irish mythology and Irish stories and I always felt that there was something kind of missing in comics and in animation that wasn't you know Darby O'Gill kind of you know what I mean like <laughs> I, I thought there was a space yeah. for something other than leprechauns you know to yeah. do something that represented yeah. Ireland hopefully in a in a, in a, you know, from an insider's point of view, hopefully, yeah. and hopefully it kicks off. I've noticed it's inspired other people in Ireland to do stuff more based on Ireland, and not be trying to pretend that we're American or trying to pretend yeah. we're Japanese or French or something else, you know. Yeah. But something that's of that standard of the traditions from the States and Japan, but Irish influenced them. Yeah, from Ireland. Yeah, so we did. Yeah, we did loads of books. We did loads of books for Angoon. We did a whole load. Of, it was cool because my son was going through primary school and he was getting to learn from the books that, the books that I was yeah, illustrating. Brilliant. So I just put him in some of the pages. And <laughs> in his junior cert, he, he came up on his junior cert. The Secret of Kells came up on his junior cert <laughs> paper and stuff wow. like that. Yeah, so it was kind of cool. Yeah, That's great. and we did have an ambition. I think very early on because we saw 
we saw um, you know things like the Thief and the Cobbler, which yep. are really inspired by Persian art. Yeah. And one of the things that we talked about really early on in Bally Firma was what could we do that was Irish based on Irish art and bring that into classical animation. That's absolutely that. the thing because I'm sort of slightly you hear too much, and I'm not a big fan of when people say, "Well, Ireland has no real visual heritage" or something like that. You kind of go, "Come on." But you sort of you cast around and you can tell, okay, there's yeah. a massive musical heritage and writing yes. kind of yes. heritage. And I had to give a speech last year in Annecy that talked about this stuff, and I kind of wanted to, you know, tie it together. And the thing is that we did have that sort of gap between the manuscript description, yep. you know, tradition, and then the sort of you know Yeats and stuff like that. Yeah. So I suppose it's fair enough to say, but at the same time, I mean, we're not a, we're to not say the most. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's kind of the challenge as well to try and draw on the old stuff but do something new yeah. and blend it with with modern sensibility and not be too twee and yes. you know like that but I oh, know I mean even people like Jim Fitzpatrick and stuff yeah. like that you know they're just amazing things. yeah so uh, yeah so let's try and go through Kells then because I remember so you were probably in Bally Firm a few years before me yeah. but I do remember going to something yeah, we did a launch. We did. We what we did was. Did you go to the launch? The launch for uh, Rebel. Yeah. It was called. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was coasting around calling it Rebel because it causes yeah. some confusion. But that's right. Um, because it was initially called that. And yeah. it was sort of just a little. The bit I remember is a test of. It's not Brother Eight, it's the Abbot, with sort of yeah. with the fire. Yeah, 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 that was Barry's animation. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was amazing. And we were so, uh, to be in, talk about your inspiration, to be in Body Firmament when that was happening in Ireland. We were like, oh my God, this yeah. is a feature that's going to happen in Ireland. Yeah. And, we were, and it took you like five or six years to do it. So, yeah, so that was. That but, I mean, was but as I say, so right, let's start then. You started developing it in college. Yeah, and then we got uh, some funding through FOSS with Young Irish Filmmakers, and that was gave and filmmakers gave us a space in their in their building in Joseph's in Kilkenny, and so that was cool because a group of us that came down then, and I think I listed most of the people already, um, came down uh, and we're working on it, and it just kind of gave us a bit of, gave us a bit a space that we were all working in, yeah. and it kind of felt legitimate then that we were making <laughs> something because there was a space we weren't just working out of our bedrooms anymore and so we did that trailer basically yes. on that FOSS money yeah. and uh, that was great actually because that was kind of a that was kind of a here cheers Aiden cheers oh, absolutely <laughs> to Annecy to the podcast listeners Ross Murray has just producer has just done his best bit of producing of the day by providing me with a glass Produce of rosé that's my rose. job <laughs> anyway uh, what was it? Where were we? Oh yeah, so yeah, that trailer ended up being kind of the main start of our showreel, and it was kind of the piece that we'd done to the highest level because yeah, you know we were working great. for ourselves rather than for anyone else, and we were able to put all our inspirations and ideas. And it was kind of a mixed bag of styles, but we were just trying out loads of different stuff, and um, that was really, I feel, that was really my my student film. You know what I mean? Okay, I did that yeah. the year after we had been kind of designing it and stuff in the final year of college. I submitted some of it for my final uh, assessment in college, and then uh, we made the trailer that summer. And uh, and then we kind of started hawking it around, and that's when we realised it was going to be quite hard to pull off a feature <laughs> film. And we went from thinking, oh, we can do it all for you know five hundred thousand, or maybe a million, and oh, maybe you know blah blah. And the script was evolving and stuff. And so it wasn't really until about two thousand three, I think it was, that we met Didier. I'm getting vague on the times, but Didier Brunet and uh, Vivian Van Fledren had just produced the Triplets of Belleville, and it was yes. just coming to a finish around two thousand three. So maybe we met them the year before at Cartoon Movie and Aidan and Paul had gone to Cartoon Movie and they met them there and they were just uh, looking for their next project and we were presenting Rebel as it was then and that's Cartoon Movie yeah yeah and so when Didier took it on because he's quite a successful French producer and when he took it on it kind of gave it a new legitimacy 
and it kind of it went from being a bit of a pipe dream to something that we were starting to put a proper like financial model around how we were going to do it and it took yeah it took from then until 2005 it was October 2005 when the finance all locked into place we got into production so yeah it was a good long five or six years between the time you saw that (laughs) and by the time we really got into production and even before that so it must have been sort of in your head for yeah, on the minute, good. The seeds of it go back to young Irish filmmakers before Ballyfermot, and Aidan and I were working on a comic, and Aidan had this idea for the comic, and so you know it goes all the way back to that. But it evolved so much. I mean, Fabrizio Kowski came in as a screenwriter from France, and you know loads of different artists got. I mean, the, the, the story evolved so much. I think like a lot of the characters stayed there, but yep. their their importance in the story changed over okay. the, over the script writing process, and it was always really something that I think from an art direction point of view we wanted to showcase what we were talking about there some kind of Irish art style in animation and so that was kind of the driving force and uh, the story was always kind of self-reflexive because it was about artists in difficult times trying <laughs> to do something against yeah, all that you know yeah. so it kind of kept us going the fact that yeah, that's true I did hear see someone say that all or most animation films are about animators <laughs> trying, to get animation. So, trying to get something made yeah, yeah it's true isn't it so, um, so yeah so do you want to talk about your experiences directing it then um, so now I mean you've got it together now well, as I said, yeah, as I said, again, early on, um, I'd been really, I'd seen what Nora was doing with her short films. Yeah. So early on, I kind of saw that, you know, Didier and everyone encouraged me to take that kind of auteur position because I'd been the, the one voice that had carried through. I mean, Aidan had developed it with me, Ross Stewart had been, deve- a lot of people had it, but I'd been the one sort of torch carrier for the project all the way through. And I sort of had become very much my project. But I asked Nora to be co-director in yes. that, like Pixar director, co-director way. Yeah. And I was very delighted that she was willing to do it. It took a bit of convincing for oh, her to really? take that title. Yeah, at the start she was kind of helping with the animatic and storyboard and stuff like that. And uh, eventually she was happy to take that title and I was glad she took it, you know. And uh, I thought it was fair representation because we were very much a tag team on the, on the project. And so um, that was great because it sort of I didn't feel completely alone, yep. and yet I was able to head it up and sort of be the captain of the ship. Yep. And um, at a certain point, like towards the end of the production, I really was on my own and sort of taking care of the final stages, compositing and stuff like that. Okay. And then Nora was able to come back and help with the music and everything like that. Um, so it's been great, you know. And even on Song of the Sea, Nora was kind of head of story, and I was okay. able to get a lot of it, her input without kind of tying her down to a project, so she can develop her own stuff and work mm-hmm. on other things. But it's it's really like that. I always had more of an affinity with the kind of American system, especially in Pixar, where they talk about collaboration a lot and yes. brain trust and getting a, you know. We kind of have a director who owns it and wakes up at night worried about it, but you still have other people kind of pumping in, and I really rely on that a lot, you know. Yeah. Because um, it's good to get everyone's opinion, and you take their opinion seriously, and usually you act on it. But sometimes you do need to have the authority to just go, actually no, and trust your gut, and that's the hardest part of being a director. There are times when you do have to be alone and go, okay, I take all your input. And also because I'm kind of part producer as well, I can understand all the finance problems yes, as yeah, well. Exactly, so yeah, sometimes, yeah, you know, yeah. I get I get stuff from, you know, designers or the art director or whatever like that. And you're like, yep, yeah, that's true. It could be, but this is what we're going for now because this is what we can achieve. And I think it's, you know, it's still excellent at this level. And some of that is part of the balance, especially when you're making films, co-productions on a budget, on a limited time scale. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was probably the other thing that it is, was animated in how many different countries? Animated in Kilkenny, we did 20 minutes of rough animation. Our rough animation was cleaned up in a studio in Brazil and in Hungary. The studio in Hungary, uh, the studio in Brazil was Lightstar, the studio in Hungary was Keshkemet Film, who had actually been fans of for a long time because I was aware the the guys around the studio at Lightstar, one girl, Jean, who owns the studio, 
with her husband actually had worked in Bluth, so that was the connection there. But the connection with Hungary was I'd been fans of the Hungarian folktale series that I'd seen in college, and a really cool style and really close to our kind of. Uh, you know they took Hungarian folk art yeah. and uh, had translated it into animation and it was gorgeous stuff so um, they were able to take about 40 minutes of the animation there as well okay. as cleaning up some of our stuff and a lot of the Belgian stuff as well and then the Belgian co-producers uh, Vivian uh, worked with Walking the Dog in Brussels and they did a lot of the CG and uh, as such as it was it was kind of like half CG kind of <laughs> like compositing kind of animation right. and uh, some real CG stuff and very cleverly kind of made fit in with the rest and about 20 minutes of 2D rough on paper animation and then there was another studio in Belgium <laughs> with digital graphics who okay. did all the ink and paint and the of texturing course, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of special effects animation like kind of computer special effects stuff and uh, that's it for animation on Secret Accounts yeah. wow, very good. so how was it managing or directing all, all I was all mad because I, I neglected to mention in Angoulême Spirit <laughs> did some of the compositing a lot of the backgrounds and some actually did some flash animation so it was mental <laughs> kind of little plan but I remember talking to Paul Bulger early on about you know how do you handle it you do this, yeah. yeah he'd been involved in co-productions before and he had some good good points about different different little key things that we did and we still continue to do it's become kind of almost the cartoon saloon style of, of producing and directing stuff is we like to early on kind of take the concept stage all the way to scene illustrations where we make pretty much screenshots for the key moments of the film okay. where you can see the character on the background you know exactly what the film's going to look like yeah. it's something we used to do for commercials yeah. kind of reassured clients yeah. like, this is yeah. exactly what it's going to look like you know um, and it helped us figure out all the art direction stuff so we weren't starting with kind of a vague idea very done you know yeah. uh, put a lot of time into the model packs um, I mean I did a lot of the initial character designs uh, myself and with Barry and Aidan and, and people then uh, Barry Reynolds and uh, Jean-Baptiste Van Damme and uh, Fabian spent a lot of time on the, the model pack particularly Barry and made big you know big books of exactly how to draw the characters from every angle and Barry really headed up the keeping stuff on model part of the film right. you know for a long time at the start and we did posing after layout we did character posing so we were very much tying down I mean I, I felt in some ways unfortunately with some really talented animators who might have had their hands tied a little bit but it was the only way to make sure that it felt like it had all been done in the same studio so we posed out the whole film as thoroughly as we could so when it got to the animator they had very clear and they could change the posing we weren't like kind of totally <laughs> saying you can't change it it wasn't keys but it was very much because the style was so um, so geometric or whatever yeah. the characters were part of the composition yeah, so more or less they had yeah, to work had in and to out be there and to yeah be there. and with Noor I kind of developed the animation style which was kind of a mix between full classical animation and more kind of Chuck Jones pose to pose stuff yeah. and that kind of became a way that we could kind of control the, the production that way and it still was hard but I mean those were the things that sort of tied it together I think Yeah. Absolutely. and with those scene illustrations and a colour script we were able to you know let the other backgrounds go to France yep. with, with those key poses and 20 minutes of animation that we did in Kilkenny we were able to point the way for the animators in Belgium and Hungary and Martin Fagan was the clean up supervisor he actually went out to Brazil and went to Hungary and, okay. and helped keep the clean up because the clean up in Secret Accounts was really I think an achievement yeah. on the budget we were on and it, people think that it was cleaned up with vector graphics or something it's all pencils yeah. it's almost a pity how good it was because <laughs> Martin used to keep like his pencils in the fridge and had to keep them warm <laughs> keep them cold I mean so that you could get a perfect line and amazing stuff you know and then so yeah did you travel around to all those places as well or not so much right? yeah almost everywhere yeah um, not so much Brazil Martin went to Brazil he was our man in Brazil but all the other <laughs> studios 
well, I'm not much of a cleanup expert, I'm happy to admit. <laughs> um, and um, But uh, all the other studios I was regularly going to. Once the Kilkenny part of the production was kind of done, yep. we kind of wound down the Kilkenny studio, basically. And I was on the road then for the second part of the production, going between Hungary, Belgium, Angoulême. Spent a lot of time in the TGV between Angoulême. And, and it was quite fun because, you know, they were animating medieval Ireland kids playing hurling and stuff and <laughs> I was trying to improve my French <laughs> frantically to, you know so that's how we did it yeah Ooh. and then so you let it out into the world yeah <laughs> how was that letting your it was horrible in a way because you know you live with something for so long and it yeah. becomes this kind of um, you know it will be great thing you know when it's finished you know and all yeah. your hopes and fears are pinned on it and then you have to put it out there and live or die by how people receive it, you know. So I went through a really black moment when we released it. We had great, brilliant time in festivals, you know. We won prizes in Annecy, we won prizes in loads of festivals. We had really good, great reviews in France, great reviews everywhere, actually. And then it didn't really take off in Ireland, didn't really catch hold in Ireland in the cinema release. And Disney did everything they could with posters and everything like that, but just didn't take on, take hold. And I was very disappointed because I felt like we kind of offered... Irish children something different yeah, and yet yeah, it just yeah. didn't catch on and it was just hard to compete you know mm-hmm. and um, so then that kind of died down I was kind of feeling a bit blue about that but still enjoying the co- roller coaster, going to all the festivals and we still continued to pick up you know awards and get good reviews and stuff and then at the end of this was the end of 2009 it kind of uh, in the States it ended up with G Kids in the States and they gave it a real last minute Oscar run and then in 2010 it got the nomination yeah. so it all kicked off again and that was massive because we ended up having this huge success again ironically Irish people would come up and go oh when's it being released you know <laughs> it was out last year and you didn't go you to didn't it, go see it. <laughs> but uh, it was very heartening then because it was like another like it was like a second wind for the film yeah. and I ended up spending two years on the festival circuit rather than one year which was kind oh. of expensive for the studio but it was fantastic for me and I and ended up got the you know the Oscar nomination we got nominated for an Annie it won other awards in festivals around the States yeah. And uh, it was really cool, you know. And uh, you know, we had a sold-out screening in the IFI in uh, or the IFC in uh, New York, which is just so heartening, you know. Yeah. That suddenly, oh, we found a place, and we released around St. Patrick's Day in the States, and you'd have all these sort of teary-eyed <laughs> Irish immigrants kind of coming up and shaking your hand and all, and it was fantastic. And I sort of felt really heartened by that and ready to make another film yeah. based on that. Because before that, it would have been easy to throw in the towel and kind of go, well, we gave it the best crack we could. I gave it my twenties, and now it's time. <laughs> Because my ambition had been to finish it before I was 30, you know, and I more or less made it. I remember it was <laughs> premiered in France on my 31st birthday, so I was like, okay, more or less made it. So by the time by the time it had set, done its second wind, as I call it like that, we were kind of pumped up and felt, okay, we got a second. It is. It's funny, because even that first... Because I can sort of relate to that uh, in a way teary-eyed Irish thing. I was in London at the time, working on TV... And it had come out, but I was in London and I didn't know where it was going to come out. So I ended up ordering a DVD from the States. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> of it. And it arrived and I put it on. I was doing, I was organising film lights in the studio and we put it on. And everyone was just sort of blown away by the look. And they're like, what the heck is this thing? It looks yeah. amazing. There's a whole room for of animators. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A, lot of our, a lot of our audience seems <laughs> to be animators, but, uh, animation fans. It was, yeah, it was even, so even, like you say, there were festivals and that kind of stuff there were still little pockets of sort of yeah. discovery and things yeah, like yeah, all, yeah. Around, all around the world and it goes on what I love about it is it goes on it's almost like in some ways it's like writing a book but a big collaborative book because there's so many people involved in it but it's lovely because I'm, I have a saved search on Twitter and like every day I get little tweets someone has discovered it on Netflix usually it's in the States but people still discover it all around the world they get emails from Australia and Russia I mean, we had a Russian version there's a Spanish version there's 
Yeah, it's really cool that way. So I mean, it's been it's been a really interesting journey, and it's kind of ongoing, which is really interesting. Yeah, you know, so it keeps living on. People keep, and what I think, and this is my little plug for classical animation, 2D animation. It doesn't look any older now. You know what I mean? Yep. It hasn't. You know, like all the tech, every we hid any kind of modern techniques so deeply in that kind of style that I think that it'll look hopefully I mean I love watching Totoro and yeah. then, then turning on Ponyo because yeah. they just look like they were made back to back and they're like whatever you know 20 years apart or more and I think that's the one thing you can say about classical animation is that there's a there's a look to it that would yeah. age yeah Ooh, and then so I guess I probably just need to ask you a little bit about the Oscar experience because I just uh, yeah fair enough I mean it's still like, the biggest thing that happened to me in terms of my career or whatever like that it was amazing so how and was that so you yeah I mean it, even well, the day you found out or the actual experience yeah, a lot of it came down to we knew it was a hard year anyway so we were kind of doing it almost just for the you know the publicity of going for it yeah. and G-Kids got the film so late um, that there wasn't a whole lot they could do and they were a small company they were kind of growing out of the New York Children's Film Festival okay. so they didn't have a lot of uh, cash behind it so it really really was word of mouth and people like Jamie Bolio and other fans Richie Bainham and a few people down in, in LA kind of caught on to it and were telling other people about it so it was a really lovely feeling of a grassroots like yeah. murmur campaign and I remember going to a couple of screenings that were organised you know close to the studios in Burbank hoping that Academy members would come <laughs> along right. and they were packed out Fantastic. and they were all like either people that had worked in Ireland or new or Irish people or whatever like that were telling other people about it or people who had no connection with Ireland who just liked it for as an animated film yeah. I remember Richard Williams daughter coming up to me and kind of going oh, I'm amazed how much he influenced you and all that stuff so it was lovely there was a kind of murmur amongst the animation community and yeah. even though we were up against amazing films like Ponyo and uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and all these amazing films that year yeah. we still managed to secure a nomination that was a Which win amazing. that was a win for us yeah. so like the day we were talking about the we didn't totally had discounted it because there was even brilliant films like Mary and Max and stuff like that that yeah. were doing well in the festivals and all she didn't think we'd a chance we just thought it was nice that we were in the running exactly yeah. and so I remember the day of the nominations I was not thinking about it at all we'd done the run and it was, it was months behind us yeah. and Serge one of the co-producers on Song of the Sea he worked on Kells as well and digital graphics was over we were just having a meeting about how the hell are we going to get Song of the Sea off the ground and we were in the meeting room in the saloon and uh, Karen one of the girls in the office started screaming and Serge was <laughs> like oh, I think she's seen a mouse or something what the hell which wouldn't be unlikely in our studio and then <laughs> no but she'd, she'd, she'd been keeping track and she'd seen online that uh, Secret of Kells had been announced and so that was nice and it was a nice day too I can imagine know. it was we were in the middle of production on uh, I think it was Santa Prentice Everyone upstairs was doing backgrounds with Santa Prince. It was a co-production we were doing with Alphanim at the time. So everyone who was working on that went out for drinks that night. And Arthur Drone is the... the Ryan's is one of the pubs that salooners are tend to frequent in, in Kilkenny. And we based the Abbott, the look of the Abbott in the Secret Kells on, on the, the manager of, of Ryan's. So he treated he has, us to... He has the cutout in the corner of the pub. Yeah, yeah, he has, the, he has a big cutout. And he wears it on a t-shirt and he's so proud. And sometimes we get like super fans from the States and all visiting the studio. We send them down to Ryan's and they get their picture taken with Arthur the Abbot of Kells you know. tour yeah yeah he's got the red beard and the shiny head and all yeah. but uh, so that was really nice that was a really nice night and then it, yeah that was amazing the way it all kicked off again and it carried us right through 2010 I mean even the DVD release at the New York uh, Comic Con was a you know yeah, amazing course, yeah. event and it was a whole year later almost you know yeah. what I mean and uh, it was a big event and Ross Stewart the art director was working in Leica at the time and he came over from Portland for it and we had people dressed up as Ashling and stuff oh, wow. so it was just amazing you know so when you see people with tattoos of Pangerbon or dressed up as Ashling well, yeah it's so great but even because we're such animation fans as well the fact that you know 
uh, people were drawing our characters and, and, yeah. doing, and making up. There's a girl in the studio now doing an internship, and she must have been, gosh, she must have been like 12 or 13 when it came out, you know, and she's about, you know, whatever now. She's from Kansas, isn't she? She's from Kansas, and she's such a super fan, you know, and she's over doing her internship in the studio, and she's written all these other parallel stories in the Secret of Kells <laughs> universe and invented other characters. And, like, you know, she came to Ireland and went to see Kells to see the round tower and all, and you think, wow, it's so nice. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Gives you so much, like seeing the fan art and stuff. It gives so much pleasure to the like everybody crowding around the computer to see. The fan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, wow, look what they came up with! You know, and some of the stuff you wouldn't want to repeat yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> some of the more Everyone wants Brendan and Ashling to get together. Yeah. You know? it's like he's a monk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is funny as well is how it caught fire in the sense that it was. So, when you look back on it, I remember kind of like it's such an odd project, even as a pitch to sell. It's so difficult, you know. Mm. So. It is amazing that people have caught on to it, and it's lovely. That, yeah, yeah, no, it's amazing. And it's, again, I think it's just a testament to the film itself and all the artwork and all the sort of love and attention and everything you guys put into yeah, it. I mean, yeah. there's oh, only a fraction of the work that was done on screen. It's mad. Like, it all got percolated down and, and it, you know, we got up there. We still call it Rebel. Yeah, we were just saying <laughs> that earlier. Is it Rebel? Yeah, Rebel. <laughs> but yeah, there's boxes and boxes of clean-up uh, animation and stuff upstairs and in the studio now and it is nice you know some, someday we'll pull it out and we'll pull together a proper art dog book yep. I think it would be nice to yeah we started doing these limited edition prints um, which people were looking always looking for you know and so one of the things that we sort of did was I used to do watercolours and do little paintings and I did more and more people were asking for more and more and it went from being a little thing that you dash off to wanting to do a nice job and it just started to become overwhelming so we started to do these limited edition prints so okay. you know, that, that sort of thing I think makes sense and they'll have a longer life, I think, that way. Yeah, absolutely. They're, are they released yet? The prints, or they're going to be released at the end of the month, isn't it? In yeah, in Kells at the Hay Festival. Hay Festival. In Kells. Great stuff. Uh, so, let's talk about Song of the Sea then. So, did that? So, did the whole Kells experience? Do you think make it? That's probably for both of you actually easier to make Song of the Sea or to get meetings about Song of the Sea or Maybe to get it off easier the for meetings and stuff. But originally, we, we, the idea was after having a co-production with three different co-producers within Europe, the, the, the dream was to try and find the finance from one source, yeah. essentially through Cartoon Saloon. And, uh, that was, that was harder uh, to achieve without compromise than we expected. You know, <laughs> there, I, I, think there, I, I think the fact is when you've got one massive funder, they, it really is their film, you know, okay. and you're working for them. So we uh, ended up going back to what was originally Plan A anyway. It was what I was talking to Serge about on the day of the nomination. It was a, co a European co-production. So we kind of, it wasn't Plan B, it was Plan A. We went around <laughs> the big, long circle and ended up saying, OK, well, the best way to make this is as a co-production. And we ended up really interesting co-production in a lot of ways. Because okay. Curtin Saloon grew out with young Irish filmmakers in Ballyferm. So it was always a very kind of college thing. Uh, you know, Adrian, the art director on, on Song of the Sea, was an intern originally who ended up one of the background supervisors on Secret of Cows and made his own film with us, Old Fangs and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And then another intern, uh, Frederick, from the animation workshop in Denmark, uh, was doing his internship and then said that he was setting up a company and he was going to work with Klaus who'd worked with us on, on um, Skunk Fu and he said oh let me co-produce and we were like yeah sure man you know if you can raise like 500,000 you can do some of the animation and he did so we were like oh shit now we have he was the first one, to, the raise first one to raise his finance wow. and their work is without question gorgeous I think you, everyone will agree that the animation is 
possibly even a step above what we did for Kerry. I hope, you know, I mean, just a real character in it. And a lovely team. We have people that have either done internships in Cartoon Saloon or worked with us in Cartoon Saloon. And it feels like a really nice extension of our studio. So that was one co-producer very early on. And then Serge, obviously, was a, an obvious choice for us because we really enjoyed the working relationship with him on okay. Secret of Kells. And then he teamed up with uh, Stefan Rolands and his company in Luxembourg, uh, Studio 352. They had a really good team, really talented team as well, and they're doing some great stuff. And they also have some people that worked with us, working with them now. So, you know, animation's so tiny that you end up feeling that it's like one big studio somehow. And so that's the kind of artistic, visual artistic team. And then Superprod in France are taking care of a lot of the, the sound design, the music. Okay. They're bringing Bruno Calais back, which I was really eager to work with again. And um, so that's, that rounds out the co-production. So it's quite a constellation, but a constellation of people that seem to be quite like-minded. The one, and, uh, the, the one thing was the idea of having studio producers. Yeah, people so who producers who could, because before, slightly disjointed in the way that we had. We were a producer studio in Cartoon Saloon, and our other co-producers were producers who then had to hire studios, essentially. We had certain talent uh, quite close to them, but actually had to subcontract the work. So the idea was to... Make the whole film with co-production studios, you know, which, I mean, I think there's benefits to both ways. You know, and I really am so grateful to Didi and Vivian for seeing the potential in, in Rebel as it was and helping us make it into Secret of Kells and get it made. And at the same time, you know, it is nice to work with other studios because you're actually dealing with people who have the artists under the roof and stuff like that. But I honestly, to be honest with you, I haven't been through the experience now both ways. I think there's benefits to both ways. But definitely the plan was to sort of team up with other studios who had a standing team in-house. Yeah. It, 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 it was a long road, but it worked out. And, I mean, we're kind of a, a, a mid, just past maybe a midway point in the production yeah. of Song of the Sea and, well, does it feel like that to you, Ross? <laughs> it does, Tom. Yeah, feels like the top of a roller coaster to me. Right. <laughs> no, it does, because you're seeing stuff, yeah. once you see stuff coming back in cleanup, I think yeah, I think uh, I think stuff animated on layouts on back. Yeah, in the next so month, in the next month or two, when layout is finished and posing is finished, I'll sort of feel like that's a threshold, you know. Okay. And I could even imagine in future productions, signing off at that point and having a co-director. Okay. I could imagine. I want to direct this one on my own. Like I'm happy to, you know, be the captain of this ship all the way through. But I can imagine in future productions that I think you know, there's a huge amount of work still to be done over the next year, you know. But um, as you were saying about the way you work with Andrew and stuff like that, you can understand. So I don't, I don't feel like really like I can take a breath really until after rough animation, but at least have the posing done because you kind of know the film's in place with the layer. Yeah, and we have a huge amount of the key backgrounds done there. Like we're just finishing out the key backgrounds. That was one of the things with Adrian as art director as well. We wanted to try and have Adrian on the film until the like almost until the end of composing so he would be uh, integral like part know, of the co- yeah. compositing looking at uh, effects and how things matched yeah, and yeah, everything so part of it. because the last time essentially Tom kind of got thrust as you were saying got thrust <laughs> into that role of uh, I kind of had, but also Secret Kells went so over budget and so over schedule that really you know we couldn't ask any more of the team that had worked on it so it was down to me to just like see it through to the end you know but it was grand because they laid so much groundwork that I kind of knew I was just honouring all the work that Ross had done honouring all the work that I made and making sure that it made its way safely to the screen you know (laughs) and it was some kind of surge of that it was some bleak uh, nights in Liège (laughs) we were like is this ever going to get finished (laughs) we kept on having delays and delays and over financing and stuff like that it was a mammoth mammoth undertaking for a small studio like us to kind of head it up 
pulled it off. Like did it. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. the credit to the team. Yeah. <laughs> so it is. After, but it's a cycle of seven years. Well, a longer for Kells, but really, Song of the Sea will probably be a cycle of almost seven years. We started writing and thinking about Song of the Sea during Secret Kells. Yeah, right, 2007, okay. 2008. November 2008, we did the, the, uh, the trailer. Jim was finished at the end of 2008. Yeah. And we thought we'd go into production yeah. really quickly. That's what we were saying in the presentation earlier on today. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, this time last year really yeah but I feel like I've been on it more or less full time since for nearly two years because I was doing like beat boards first and then I finally drafted the script with Will and then after that I started working with storyboard artists and I was boarding a certain amount of it to animatic stage but then giving other people beat boards to work from so um, I made friends with some people in Pixar and yeah. studios and they were kind of really uh, encouraging helping me kind of work through this story process because on Secret of Kells it was crazy I was still storyboarding sequences while we were in animation right. it was very very oh. stressful you know I think to some extent you can see it in the finished film um, with this we really wanted to lock the animatic yeah. as much as you can yeah. before we started production and maybe let's say one of the small benefits of the delay in financing and started production meant that we got like the animatic locked and finished before we started so we could show the animatic to kids and we got a genuine emotional okay, response yeah, from kids before we'd even started animation, you yeah. know what I mean? So that was we had in September 2009, we had the co-production meeting in Kilkenny, and Klaus and Fred, well, Frederick was there, and the Belgians were there. Uh, we hadn't attached the French yet, because they were coming as a, as a smaller party to the okay. And we said to ourselves, September 2009 now, if we can have all our financial applications done for September 2011 and start the film and production then, that'll be good going. It actually took us until September 2012, so we were, we were a year out because of the mechanics of making it work. Yeah, it's so complicated. I mean, I remember we had a producer working with us years ago in Skunk Fu and he called it Frankenfinance. That was pretty funny, you know, he putting all the pieces together. Trying to make them live. Yeah, so it is complicated, but I think the advantage of it is, yeah, the artistic freedom to some extent that you get working that way. Okay. And and also it's nice to co-produce. I actually really like it. I actually really like going to other countries. I like working with other. I learn a lot from other studios, yeah. from other talents. Yeah. I see that some studios have specialities in different areas. Yeah. Like working with Serge, it really makes me see the advantage. Like his total compositing focus. Like the studio is is compositing focus. Like the work they did on Ernest and Celestine after Secret of Kells is really impressive to me the way they were able to make that blend between the watercolour backgrounds and the characters work and make flash animation look so organic uh, so I mean you know they bring a lot to the table that way so it is nice to cope with things as well Excellent and then so just even to talk about the story a little bit then so it's you wrote it you have another scriptwriter on with you or is it just you? Yeah I mean I wasn't the scriptwriter I mean I wrote the story okay. and I invented the, the story and the characters and I had a basic outline and um, the characters came from all sorts of places. I mean, the main character is kind of based on my son. Okay. We were down in Dingle, and uh, we saw these seals that had been killed on the beach. Oh, and I was sketching. He was about ten at the time, and I was sketching. He pointed them out, and they were so camouflaged against the stones and stuff. I didn't really. Oh, yeah, what? And then I went, You're right. That's a seal, you know. It was kind of horrifying. And then we talked to the woman we were renting the cottage from, and uh, she said, "Oh, yeah, it's sad. You know, they're killing the seals, but they would never have done that in the old days." And she was sort of saying about how seals were kind of revered in old times. It's kind of nice kind of kick off and then when I came back to the studio we were in the middle of making Secret of Kells I told Ross Stewart the story and he had this book called um, 
the people of the sea, all about selkies and stuff. It was like okay. all these folk tales that had been collected from all around Scotland and Ireland, I think in the 1920s or 1930s. Right. And uh, so I read that and I started dreaming up the idea of doing something about selkies, you know. And then that kind of merged with other ambitions and things I was learning from doing Secret of Kells. And uh, I kind of decided I wanted to make a film that was a bit more squarely aimed at kids. Okay. But something like Totoro or yeah. Into the West. I loved yeah. Into the West. Yeah. And so those were my two main inspirations. And then I wanted to draw in some of the kind of mad stories that we weren't able to use in Secret of Kells, like Eddie Lenihan's kind of stories. Yes. You know those kind of mad... <laughs> Real folklore, like real yeah. kind of modern day folklore. We wanted to set it in 1987 because I really remember being the age Ben was at the time. I was that age in 87, I was 10 at the time. So I kind of made the main character Ben a mixture of my son and myself at that right. age. And it started to grow out with that and the story started to grow out with that. So I had the main bones of it sort of figured out, the, the general uh, idea of it. And then um, talking to the film board who were funding it, they were recommending different writers and loads of really interesting writers kind of applied and stuff. But Will Collins had just applied and he just graduated from the Houston Film School and he had written a script set in 1987 <laughs> in, on Halloween in 1987 as well and he said his favourite film was My Neighbour Totoro and he always wants to work in animation and I remember telling like, my wife Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I, said, I said to Lisa I said geez this guy seems perfect and she says he's been going through the trash or something that's too perfect but it really was a great match and even though it took us a long time to come to the final draft I always felt we were on the same wavelength all the way through and uh, I actually started writing another film with him recently because I just want to keep the collaboration going because oh, he's a really talented guy and um, nice to work with someone you know, more or less from the same generation as me or more or less with the same influences we knew yeah. we were able to talk about the same sort of things and yeah we're both Irish and stuff so we both sort of had the same experiences growing up I think Song of the Sea is a lot of nostalgia and <laughs> <let's go on>. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of nostalgia yeah. you know, so. excellent brilliant and then you're saying yeah you had some in terms of the board process then that's, so the animatics more or less locked now yeah the boarding process was funny I mean it was mainly concept art and beatboards during the first few parts of the script and I was on the whole Secret of Kells roller coaster I talked about earlier yeah. as we were writing the script I was kind of travelling around going to festivals and stuff like that and the studio was busy with other co-productions like Moon Man and Santa Princess and stuff so I was um, focused on getting the script right and Adrian, I was working with Adrian since Secret of Kells as well, doing concept art and trying to develop the look and the visual style of it. And then I kind of got, we kind of got to a script that we felt was just about right, and then we threw it out again. And we <laughs> called it the Fat Baby because it had everything in it, everything oh, yeah, we wanted, okay, yeah. and it was just too ginormous and mental to make. <laughs> so we tried to cut it right back down again. And during that process, I started doing beatboards and saying, okay, this is a sequence I really want to, because I started off. The trailer we made in 2008 was a sequence I was certain was going to be in the film. Right. And then the first week Will was working on it, he threw out that sequence. Yeah, yeah, so I was kind of cautious to start boarding. So I ended up boarding on, let's say, the second to last draft, like in earnest. Okay, yeah. And then the boarding process had took on a life of its own. We had a lot of advice from uh, uh, friends. And we had a little team working, and Nora was very involved at that That's stage, it. always cutting it together as an animatic so we could watch it as a film. Yep. And then uh, we did another draft. Basically, we did a final draft during the boarding stage, and we found not, we didn't change it drastically, we didn't change it structurally or anything like that, but sequences got completely rewritten. Characters that had been like little warriors became little musicians, and you know, funny things like that yeah. happened that we didn't anticipate. It just felt more correct. And because yeah. music was so integral to the film, that was the point where we started really thinking about okay, what songs are we going to use? Because we'd always said, Let's have some trad songs in there. Yep. But we hadn't settled on them. And once we settled on the songs, working with Keela and Bruno and stuff like that, Bruno Coulet, and Colin Mushnuddy from Keela was starting to get involved. 
took another life, you know, and you reboard it again because you've heard the music now. And oh, yeah. You know that kind yeah, of way. So, so everything kind of informs everything. Yeah, else, yeah. So by the time we were recording The Voices last November, we'd really been in a long loop around. And I think, and even, to be honest with you, Brendan Gleeson and Fanula Flanagan and John Kenny as well had contributions yeah. and their dialogue changed. Remember you said to me, Brendan said, oh, it's oh, not yeah. about the drink. Yeah, we had a. I was a little bit. I, he thought it was a bit too heavy-handed that we the, the dad character drinking, right. and I thought this is quite daring. We were going to do this, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, like an Into the West, the Gabriel Byrne character is oh, kind of, course, of yeah, that's right, kind yeah, of yeah. quietly uh, alluded to the fact he was an alcoholic or yeah. something, and uh, and Brendan Gleeson was like, no, that's not right for the character. So we went home and reboarded sequences oh, wow. after that. We still have him in the pub, but he pushes the drink away. Okay. It's not really for him, you know, that kind of way. So we just did little changes even after working the voices. Oh. So uh, I guess we'll just finish up then so just in terms of directing then based on your experience on Kells is there things you've done differently or things I've done differently yeah I mean we've we'll talked about a lot the boarding and, yeah. and, and working with Nora yeah. and, and Julian and Daniel and everyone on the team on the boarding stage did that a bit different um, kind of maybe I delegated a little bit more on this I don't know <laughs> yeah. no, I'm still a bit of a control freak I don't know we're still kind of waking up in the middle of the night <laughs> Um, what did I do? What am I doing different? No, one one thing that we did, we didn't do enough of. We did a bit of it on Secret Accounts, but we didn't do enough of. But we did with this production is we invited a lot of the artists from Luxembourg and Denmark to the studio in Kilkenny, and they spent a lot of time working in the studio. And we took them on trips off. We, you know, we rented a coach and took them off, and we stayed up in, uh, yeah, okay. in castles. And, yeah, and we took them off so they could really feel when they went home that they were still kind of carrying the torch of the, the spirit of the film. Yeah, great. So I mean, that was something that you know we could have, we did a bit of on Secret Accounts but not enough of you know yeah. and um, I think that was a, a and you think that really helps because you do see so here about whatever Pixar going to wherever and doing all I think it really helped because really really now when I get on the Skype call I can refer to experiences yeah, we had and also there's a bonding thing that happens despite, even if you never take your sketchbook out on these sketch trips yeah. there's a bonding <laughs> thing that happens whenever all the artists are together and you know yeah. it just feels more inclusive and it's a nicer way to work you know. fantastic so yeah I guess so when's it out then that's next it almost yeah. Yeah. we've had a discussion we'd like to know <laughs> date. no hopefully we'll be, we'll finished, be finished for June this next, time year. next year now whether or not we get it into Annecy I don't know because you have to submit it much earlier in yeah. whatever for yeah. it to be yeah. in competition there so might be a bit too much production pressure to get it ready yeah. for that for yeah. Annecy which it's a pity, a pity because here we are sitting a year before and wouldn't be fantastic to be here next who knows I mean if we have something that we feel is watchable we'll submit it otherwise yeah. it'll probably be yeah. next September Christmas yeah. and dependent then on the US and we're working with Studio Canal in Ireland and UK so okay. we're not sure exactly when to release it okay. our feeling is it's more of a winter film kind yeah. of yeah. October, it's set, it's set Halloween, in Halloween so okay, yeah. it's set in Halloween 1987 like. give it to us you know in, if they could do something around Halloween Halloween would be, be good yeah, yeah. So but you know yeah, yeah. 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 well okay thank you very much okay cool pleasure. thank you Thanks so much to Tom for the interview. Um, he was very good to take the time uh, during his busy schedule in Annecy. Yes, indeed. And uh, we also, with the podcast at this time, wanted to set up a little um, animation notice board of things that are going on um, and sort of upcoming sort of events and, and, and uh, talks and other things. So if you have anything that you want us to plug, please get in touch. And this episode's plug is the newly made animation skill net, which um, is very exciting yeah. and is set up really to, to fill the gap between um, the third level education and what's going on in the industry. It's, it's very, very cool. Check it out. 
Um, you can find it at animationskillnet.ie. So if you do want to get uh, in contact with us, it is uh, flippedpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, there's our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash flippedpodcast. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can write a review on iTunes if you really wanted to. Um, and you can always use Twitter. I'm at Aidan McAteer. And I'm at The Meg Bar. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. The Flipped Animation Podcast was produced by Megan McMahon and Aidan McAteer, edited by Aidan McAteer, and featured music from royaltyfreemusiclibrary.com. For more information, uh, visit our website at flippedpodcast.com.